everyone and welcome back to another episode on Psych Mike. I'm Emerson and today I'm joined by the lovely Amy, who is president of SNAPS, the Monash Psychology Society. And we're going to be talking about some of the differences in the Melbourne and Monash psychology degrees at both undergrad and postgrad. So I hand over to Amy to introduce herself. Thanks guys. As she said, I'm Amy. Um, I'm currently in my third year of my Bachelor of Psychology um, at Monash University, looking to go on and do a fourth year of study in honours or an alternate. And definitely so excited to be here because I feel like as a student of a university, we only hear about the options for that university. So, so happy to be here to collaborate and talk about all the differences and different things to consider because there's different course options as well. So I think it's important to be able to hear about what other unis offer as well. Absolutely. And we're hoping to provide some information that you might otherwise not perceive um, because I think you do have a tendency to only look at your own kind of institutions programs when once you're in undergrad. So it's really important. So um, I might just start by briefly introducing the undergrad models um, at Melbourne and at Monash. So for anyone who's not aware at Melbourne, they have their own model. You can do a Bachelor of Arts, Science or Biomedicine and major in Psychology um, in the APAC accredited sequence for three years. Then you have to apply for honours um, and achieve a relatively high weighted average mark. It's roughly, I think, about 85, but it changes kind of every year. Um, and then if you want to go into master's, you need to reapply again um, with a certain weighted average mark as well. Um, and it is quite limited um, in those master's streams. So that's kind of what we do at Melbourne. You have to have the honours before you get into master's. But I'd be curious to hear if it's the same at Monash. So at Monash for the fourth year options, there's, there's a couple options, which is good. So there's the normal honours, which is pretty typical. And what I would personally say is the most competitive to get into, highest grade requirements, most people applying for it. Um, one of the more difficult ones as well, very research-based. So you have core subjects in it, um, particularly in semester one, and then you're doing your research program and thesis during the honours as well. It's one year. It's really important to note though, at Monash, you cannot do it part-time. You have to do the honours program full-time. So if you're the kind of person who you want to do it part-time, you want to work on the side and get some experience as well, um, the honours program at Monash might not be for you because it's not an option to do it part-time. You have to do it full-time. Um, Monash does have some great options for alternate fourth years of study that are APAC accredited. So there's Firstly, the GDPA, which is just the Graduate Diploma of Psychology, and it's an alternate uh, to the fourth year, alternate to honours. Uh, basically, the GDPA works in six segments. So versus running in two semesters, it's like six mini semesters, and you complete a test. They're all completely separate and distinct from each other. You complete one chunk, get like a two-week holiday, complete another, and it's not like really overarching. Like you're doing different little topics throughout it. And the other really great thing about the GDPA, Graduate Diploma of Psychology, for people who are worried about grades, here's the entry requirements at Monash. A 70, you can apply, you can get it. If you get between a 60 and a 69, you can do what's called a bridging program. So you do one extra segment before you do the rest of the six segments. And if you hit the grade criteria in that one segment, the bridging, then you can start with everyone else and then do the following six segments. The only difference is you have to pay up front for that one segment chunk that can't go on your hex debt. But once you hit that you know, entry requirements, grade requirements of that bridging um, segment, then the rest, the other six segments and the diploma is good to go on your hex. So that's an important thing to note that if you are going for that bridging program, if you've gotten a grade between 60 and 69, you do have to pay for that one chunk up front. And it's all online compared to honours, which I think makes it more accessible to some people for sure and some people's calendars. So you just get matched with a supervisor anywhere in Australia because it's all online. You have online sessions with them and it's still a, you still do a research program, um, research project. Like you have to write a thesis yeah. on top of like the six segments that go into little topics throughout, but it's definitely a good option. Absolutely. And then a third option for people as well, which is really great if you're not that keen on research, but you, you're like adamant, you want to be a registered clinical psychologist. You want to practice psychology, but research isn't for you. You're just not loving it. There's the GDPP, which is a graduate diploma of professional psychology. 
much more clinical based, much more practical utilization of skills, um, just more practical. There's no research project component to it. So it's definitely a good option for people who aren't that keen on research but need that fourth year. Like if you know statistics isn't for you and you've been failing all your statistics <laughs> subjects, GDPP is for you because it's not based around research and statistics. It's much more practical. And on top of that, you can do it part-time. So if you want to be working a ton while you do your fourth year, you can do the GDPP part-time, whereas honours, it has to be full-time at Monash. Right. That's really interesting to know. Um, and I'm glad to hear there are options for people who kind of not naturally drawn to statistics. Yeah. I would think, you know, a lot of people um, enjoy that and might not want to pursue it or pursue a kind of career in research and obviously require statistics. So that's really great to hear that there are so many options available. Yeah, for sure. The only important thing to note about the GDPP is when applying, it's kind of first in best dressed. So they've got a set number of spots, applications open, they close, I think, late January. But if all the spots are filled by mid-January, you can still apply, but you're just not going to get in. So it's very much not the kind of course that if you know you want to do it, you're like, oh, but applications close late January. I'll just apply then. They literally FIFO as people apply, they give away the spots. So if you're really adamant on doing the GDPP, definitely make sure that you're applying for it when applications open, just to make sure you're not missing out on something silly like that. Yeah. No, good to note. So if you're interested, this is your reminder to get onto it now. Apply. Get on the website. (laughs) Um, That's really good to know. So that's quite different, I think, from what we have at Melbourne. Um, From what I understand, the honours program is just sort of more... um, traditional I guess in a sense here you have to achieve a certain grade um, I think the cutoff changes every year but it's it's quite sort of high I think it's roughly a minimum 70% in your second and third year psychology subjects um, but you know to be safe they probably do need yeah. ours is a minimum 75 okay. to get into honours but like we said it's I think it's low ball like if you yeah. if you really want to get in realistically you've got to be punching 80 because it does vary each yeah. year 75 is like the absolute 75 is for them to you know receive your application yeah. But it's it's so competitive. Definitely be aiming higher than that for sure. It doesn't mean you don't have a chance if you've got a 75. But if you're really adamant, definitely don't make 75 the goal. Push a bit beyond that just to hedge your bets of getting in. Absolutely. Um, I think because you have to remember that so many people are applying into honours courses at um, you know, both Melbourne and Monash from other unis as well. So mm-hmm. if you want to have kind of the best chance of getting in, you have to make yourself competitive and I guess aim really high, as you said, Amy. Do the best that you possibly can. So. Yeah, um, getting back to what I was saying before, with the Honours Program at Melbourne, it is a lot more, I think, um, traditional in that sense. Um, as far as I'm aware, we only have um, that sort of fourth year honours, but also the Graduate Diploma of Psychology Advanced, which follows on from the Grad Dip in Psychology, which is essentially for people who um, have not studied psychology uh, in their undergraduate degree and want to um, kind of compress their studies, I guess, into a shorter period of time by sort of like doing an, an intensive. And then following that grad dip, you do the grad dip in psych advance, which is equivalent to a fourth year in honours in psychology and is also APAC accredited. So, um, and as we talked about uh, before, we don't have those, as far as far as I'm aware, those other master's degrees that kind of take you off different pathways and are not so research focused. So maybe we can start talking about those more mainstream masters that are on offer, like yeah. Apple, Neuroscience, Ed and Dev. For sure. So I don't think Monash has many options as you. And so if people know these are the APAC accredited masters, you need the fourth year of study. They're two years long. Monash offers a master of Edindev that you can do and a master of clinical psychology. That's it. But there's an interesting alternate option. So we do have clinical PhDs. So instead of saying PhD in psychology, brackets, doctor of philosophy, because that's what PhD is. Instead, it says PhD in brackets, clinical psychology versus doctorate of philosophy, because it basically combines masters and the PhD program into one. 
So you can, if you are adamant on doing a PhD and doing a research program, you can do this. Monash offers a PhD in clinical psychology and a PhD in clinical neuropsychology. They go for three to four years. The first two years is basically the equivalent of a master's. You're doing the internships, you're doing the placements, you're getting that clinical practice on top of writing that PhD as well. And it counts as a master's degree. So it counts in making you a registered psychologist. You just don't get a piece of paper that says you did a master's. You get a clinical PhD instead. Right. It counts the same as doing a master's in terms of APAC accreditation and being then a licensed clinical psychologist. You just don't get the piece of paper. But it's a clinical PhD, which I didn't know existed. Yeah, because I know at Melbourne as well, we do have, if you do, I think, quite well in your master's of clinical ed- educational or um, master's of neuropsychology degree, you can also add a PhD onto the end of that. But from what I understand, it's a very competitive sort of selection process. Um, it's not something that's determined when you start the master's degree. So that's really interesting at Monash, you can kind of jump straight in. Yeah, it's good because if you know you want to do a PhD, it kind of shaves a year off, doesn't it? So just looking at the Melbourne Uni website under the Medicine, Dentistry and Health Sciences um, faculty, a PhD is four years full-time and eight years part-time. So um, it does save quite a lot of time if you combine it and do a doctorate. Yeah, if you know you want to do a PhD, doing a clinical PhD, because it it basically, so it's still a four-year course, but it overlays it, it overlaps it onto your master's degree. So versus doing a two-year master's and then going to do a three to four-year PhD, it's just four years combined to get them both done. So it's a lot of work because obviously there has to be some overlap to squeeze that in. But it's definitely a good option if you know you want your master's but you're also adamant you want to do a PhD. If you know that that's where you want to go, it's a great way just to shave a year or two off for sure. And what are sort of the career prospects after that? Is it um, Do people mostly go into research or private practice as well? I think it's a good mix. I think a lot of people, it's really personal preference. So after you do the clinical PhD, registered clinical psychologist, you've done your six years APAC with the master's, which is like incorporated into this clinical PhD. Um, So you hit the criteria, you hit your hours and everything in this course. Um, You can go on to do private practice, anything like that. Um, I think stereotypically, a lot of people that do a PhD do it because they're interested in research and adding to the literature. And then so they can go on to do it. But I think it's a pretty healthy mix. I definitely know people that have done a PhD and do clinical practice. So I think, I imagine it would be a pretty even split. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Because I don't think, um, yeah, the conversation is not often directed at PhDs. I think well, at undergrad level, I mean, you've got a long journey ahead of you before you yeah. think about one of those. Kind of ends at master's. Yeah, for a lot of people it does, yeah. I think. So it's it's good to know that you have options. And obviously wanting to save time as well um, is fantastic. And we, we sort of have a similar um option at Melbourne as well where you can do a master's um, in clinical psychology, clinical neuropsychology or educational psychology and also combine that with a doctor of philosophy or a PhD. Um, but from what I understand it's not um, the same to Monash in the sense that you start the course and you have both of those kind of elements locked in. I think there's um, grade requirements to enter the PhD so you have to be doing quite well in your master's. Before That's starting. our Ed and Dev master's. So our Master of Education and Development you start in the two-year master's and if you're hitting grade requirements, they'll allow you to like convert it to a clinical PhD oh, and join okay. that program. It's like an early entry thing pretty much. Yeah. So if you're hitting the grade requirements after year one, they'll select the students and offer this clinical PhD to kind of combined with their Ed and Dev master's or you just keep doing the master's as you are. But it's just them that are our options. So we've got the two clinical PhDs and then we do have a plain master's of clinical psychology, which is the two years, but we don't go into anything like forensics or... Sports, that's the Austers. Not to be a clinical, not to be like a registered psychologist. No, but could you could you do a Master's of Forensic Psychology and become... The only ones Monash offers, this is Master's that you can do without a fourth year of study, by the way, that are related somewhat to a psychology degree. There's Applied Behaviour Analysis, Mental Health Science, Social Work, Counselling, Addictive Behaviours and Public Health. So those are the Master's that you can do. You don't need a fourth year of study, you can do it after the fourth year of study. 
or you can do it straight after your bachelor's, but you are not a clinical psychologist. You are not a registered psychologist. They're just alternate pathways for people to decide what they don't get into honours. Like, okay, what are my options? You can go do a master of counselling straight after your bachelor's. But those that I said earlier than that are our only options to become a registered clinical psychologist, unless you're doing the five plus one program, which still confuses me despite being in my third year and having heard about it a lot. So let's give this a crack and work through it together. So basically we're talking about it for bachelors and then there's a GDPP option as a fourth year. And then you can do what's called a five plus one alternate pathway. You then go on to do a master of professional psychology. This is a one year program. This does not make you a registered psychologist, unlike the other master's programs you do after a fourth year. Master of Professional Psychology is one year. That's your fifth year of study. And then you go into one year of supervised practice. So you're with us. It's like an internship. You do one year of supervised psychology practice. And then you have to do like an exam because you didn't do a full two-year master's. Then you do like an exam and then you become a registered general psychologist. Not like a clinical neuropsychologist. You're a registered general psychologist. That's the five plus one pathway which is an alternate option for if people are sitting there, you haven't hit, like, because I know Monash, I think we only have 20 spots in our master's programs. Swinburne's like six or something. It's really competitive. So don't feel terrible <laughs> if you can't get, like, it's slim. It's, it's like if that's not an option for you, there are other options. You can do this five plus one, master of professional psychology, do your one year of supervised practice, do that psychology exam, all APAC accredited, and then you're a registered general psychologist, which gives you some options. Absolutely. Yeah, it's interesting. I think we do have a similar thing at Melbourne as well. So um, we have a Master's of Professional Psychology, um, which follows the 5 plus 1 um, uh, model as well. So, Because no one talks about the 5 plus 1. I want to fact check this. Because <laughs> I feel like it's it's so elusive and like mystical and mysterious because like even your professor like, honours, honours, honours. Yeah, exactly. And then people are like, oh, 5 plus 1 in an exam. And I'm like, what? There's another way aside from all this research? <laughs> it's good to know because not everyone is interested in... Um, you know, specialising clinical or clinical neuro or ed and dev. And, you know, some people just want to be registered as general psychologist. So it's, it's good to know what your options are. And again, just reiterating what Amy said as well, with the Masters of Professional Psychology at Melbourne, you do need to, you'll be eligible to undertake a year of supervised generalist practice after you graduate. And then that will allow you to receive full registration as a general psychologist. And that program is accredited by APAC as well. So um, Amy mentioned before that there are other um, master's programs if you don't want to follow the more clinical psychology path at Monash. Um, We do have some other programs at Melbourne as well. So we do have a master's of social work, which um, Amy mentioned as well. We also have a master's of applied positive psychology, which um, is very kind of niche. I don't think think it's so cool, but it is quite cool. So just looking at the Melbourne Uni website, for those interested, we study the science of wellbeing um, and it is in the Centre for Wellbeing Science at the University of Melbourne. You can study on campus or online, um, which is nice. It's a bit more of a flexible approach. And it also um, has two different intakes, semester one and semester two. So it, it doesn't lead to accreditation as a psychologist, just to be clear. Um, but it is an alternative pathway if you are interested in um, applying what you've learnt in more of a sort of positive psychology setting. And that course as well is one year full time or two years part time. We also have um, another course called the Masters of Creative Arts Therapy, which is um, at the South Bank campus. So it focuses on like dance and drama, movement therapy, which I think is kind of cool, um, much more kind of hands on. And you do kind of use that knowledge of psychotherapy that you would have obtained in your psychology studies to a more creative kind of discipline. So music and visual art making, dance, drama, and using that to inform like mental well-being. That's so cool. It Maybe so I'll cool. ditch the honours research and just go dance my way into art therapy. <laughs> like that's like it's very cool that Melbourne does offer those more alternate but still very valid and helpful 
forms of therapy that are out there. I think that's so interesting because it's not mainstream and I think for a big uni to be offering a degree in art therapy, I think that's so amazing and so interesting. And I think it's great to be talking about it so people know because I didn't have a clue until we talked about it before this. So I think it's very interesting and good to definitely get the word out so people know it exists because I sure did it. <laughs> I mean, neither did I and that's what I mean. I think it's not part of that mainstream kind yeah. of conversation. Um, but there are so many things that you can do outside of the clinical pathway if that's not for you as well. Um, just quickly, we also have a Master's of Music Therapy, which I know we've spoken about on the podcast before. Um, and similar to the Creative Arts Therapy Master's, it, it is offered at the Southbank campus. And um, upon finishing that, you would be qualified as a music therapist. So again, applying your psychology knowledge in a different sort of domain um, that is, I'm sure, just as rewarding and valuable as a career. So those are some of the other options that we do have at Melbourne Uni. Now I wanted to touch on what you can sort of do if you um, finish your undergrad degree, you apply to honours, you don't get in, thinking of taking a gap year, or you finish your honours, you're applying to masters and you don't get in. What are some of the things that um, you can do, because I know that you're working and you're in your third year of yeah. undergrad, to kind of prepare you for that transition and also noting that a lot of um, masters degrees do require or look highly upon having some mm -hmm. related experience in the field? Yeah, I think just definitely going around and with a Bachelor of Psychology, there's so many options out there in the workforce. Yeah, it's high, high demand, not so much of supply always for anything related to psychology. So if you're taking a gap year and you know you want to do further studies, it's definitely just about getting that experience and beefing up that resume and figuring out what you want to do. Because I know for Masters, you have to write a personal statement and you do an interview as well. Grades just gets you to the interview. Mm -hmm. And then you need something more distinguishing than that. And that's when they want to start hearing about your practical experience that they've done. Not required, but if anything, I know the psych faculty at Monash, they almost recommend that you take a gap year, one or two years after your honours year, and go out there and get some practical experience in the workforce before then applying for masters. Because as much as it's not technically required, it's like an unofficial requirement. Like you, you want to have a bit of practical experience. I think it's also just so important to figure out what you enjoy and you want to be doing. There are some niches in psychology where you think you want to do it so much and then you do it and you're like, this isn't for me. Like you might think you want to do like, you know, psychology with children counseling with children where it's like the play therapy and the draw therapy and then you do it and you're like actually this isn't for me I'd rather work with you know older patients or neurodegenerative disorders so I think it's just also a great opportunity if you're taking a break from study but know you're still going to pursue psychology get out there and do some internships get out there and get some practical experience and just go go for a range of fields as well get some options and you might stumble across something and realize hey I love this so much and change your mind so I think it's really great to keep an open mind and try things that you maybe wouldn't have thought of yeah that's great advice I think it's very important as well. Sometimes you do need that mental health break. You know, it's a long... I know I'll need it. <laughs> it is a lot. It's a lot of study. And it's de it it's dense and heavy material at times as well. That's right. And, you know, part of being, I guess, a good practitioner is also taking care of your own mental health. And if that means you need to take a break off, uh, a break from study and focus on um, working and kind of seeing what you like and dipping your toes into different disciplines, that's a very yeah, productive use of... for sure. And I'll just touch on really quick. I've got a document in front of me of all these career options that you can do with just a Bachelor of Psychology. And I know you've talked on it briefly, so I won't go on too much, but if you're taking a gap year, like there's so many, so many options. You can be a clinical care coordinator. You can work pretty much anything related to HR. You can be a healthcare navigator, program coordinator. Even if you, you know, you want to do something a bit more business, a bit more corporate, you can be a labor relations manager, learning development program specialist, even market research analyst. Mm -hmm. How much does it like, if we think business, business is just people at the end of the day and psychology is about people. So you can definitely apply your degree in so many options. Early intervention service coordinator, family engagement specialist. Like there's so many different options out there for you to be trialling after your Bachelor of Psychology. And then it's just great experience to have when going into your master's and you can show them, hey, I've done one year work here and then another year here or two years at the one spot. 
And it's just really great to get that professional experience. And with what um, Amy was referring to, we did have a podcast episode. Yeah, so if you want to hear more about what you can just do with an undergraduate degree in psychology, we did record a MOOCA podcast episode recently about that. So check that out if you are interested. Before we sign off, what would you tell someone who's wanting to study psychology? Do you have any advice, any regrets from your own journey since you're about to graduate yourself? Oh, I think definitely look into the unis more and the subjects they offer and talk to people because I know there's a good chunk of people at Monash who do their first year and they actually um, they transfer to like Deakin or something because as much as you read Bachelor of Psychology so you just go wherever the actual courses and the content can vary a lot and I, I come from a science background I love science I've always been good at science so doing a degree at Monash in psychology well less now because they offer the mental health stream but when I'm doing it they don't um having to do all these like biology and neuroscience classes I was fine with that but there are some people where you think psychology and you think very stereotypical like the talk therapy the Freud learning about all that and Monash is very science-based whereas somewhere like Deakin is very much stereotypical of the actual like clinical practice and learning those counseling skills that you think of when you originally think of psychology so I think definitely looking into it because as much as they all have the same title and you get the same piece of paper that says bachelor psychology they can vary a lot in their content so don't just go to a degree for the prestige definitely look into okay well do I like science? Do I like neuroscience? Is Monash the degree for me, knowing that they're very like neuropsychology based? Or is Deakin, I'm not sure what Melbourne's like, or is Deakin maybe more for me because I want to learn like the practical skills and what I like more the philosophy side of psychology? Definitely just look into that because that's why a lot of people transfer um, out of Monash when they realise it's not for them because it's very science based. Just look into that beforehand, talk to people at the unis about what the course is actually like. It can vary a surprising amount for the same degree. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing to think that. Um all of these degrees are, you know, are accredited by um, APAC. So you, yeah. you do, you can do it at Deakin, at Monash, at Melbourne, and at the end of that three-year degree, you will be eligible to enter same qualification. Same yeah. qualifications, but the content or the way it it's kind vary. of taught differs so much. It's yeah, it's amazing, and it's really good advice, I think, because you have to think about how can I play to my strengths. What do I actually enjoy? Where do I want yeah. to go from here? Like I know for me, English is always my worst subject. Essays always my worst subject. So I was like, maybe Deakin isn't for me. If they're more the philosophy-based classes, where I'm like, well, I've always been good at science, and yeah. if there's great requirements for honours, then maybe Monash is for me because I know that's playing to my strengths. Yeah, um, I would echo that as well. I think, and just you know, it's a bit cliche, but make sure you're passionate about it. Maybe yeah. try a subject in your first year. That's kind of the beauty of the Melbourne model as well. You can try first year psychology as your breadth subject if you're doing a different sort of degree and see if you like it see if you can yeah because mine I didn't I I didn't do a single psychology class before picking my bachelor's degree yeah like even in VCE didn't do psychology and wasn't offered before VCE and I didn't do it in VCE and I chose bachelor psychology but that's because I was watching videos outside of it like you know when you're interested and you know when you're passionate so don't just look at the end goal like am I actually fascinated and engaging with this content beforehand because like we were talking like minimum six years of study before you even take maybe a gap year or how competitive it is, you might be forced to take a gap year, get some workplace experience. And it's six years before you even think about if you want to be doing a PhD or not. Like that's a long time. It's a big time commitment um, and it's a big financial commitment as well. I know my hex debt is looking hefty right now and it, it <laughs> will continue to grow. Yeah. yeah, so definitely, yeah, I love that. Definitely just make sure you're passionate and you engage with the content before committing to six years potentially of it. Absolutely. So be passionate and do your research two very important things. So before we finish, just wanted to hand it over to Amy to give us a quick rundown of the 4 plus 2 and 5 plus 1 models to gain registration in psych. It's crash course time because I know we've talked about a lot. So basically either bachelor of psychology or a major in psychology. Either works as long as you have those core units. So you do those three years. I'm just going to refer to it as a bachelor's for ease. But if you're majoring in psychology, it's the same thing. You do your three-year bachelor's and I'm talking about if you want to continue to pursue psychology all the way, you can exit earlier and go do one of the alternate programs or go straight into work. This is if you want to go all the way with this. 
You do your three-year bachelor's. You now need a fourth-year accredited study. couple options for this. You can do honours, in-person research project. You can do a graduate diploma of psychology advanced, alternate to honours, still a research program. It's online. It's in six segments versus two semesters. Great option if you haven't hit grade requirements as you can do that bridging program to get in if you've got between a 60 and a 69 grade. Other option, graduate diploma of professional psychology. This typically then leads into our five plus one pathway. So you've done your bachelor's, you've done this grad dip of professional psychology. You can then go on to do a master of professional psychology, one year, not two, and then one year of supervised practice. After this, you then do the national psychology exam. So right at the end of that one year of supervised practice, you sit the exam, you're now a registered psychologist. That's a five plus one pathway. If you've done the four years, you've got your fourth year accredited study, you can now go straight into master's. So you can either do clinical psychology, depending on the uni, you can do clinical neuropsychology as well as an option, or you can do a clinical PhD as we talked about. Both count after that fourth year of study and either of those options will get you as a registered clinical psychologist ready to start practicing. So either those clinical PhDs, which count as a master's and get you those two years qualification, or just go ahead and do a plain master's. And you can do PhD separate to that from there. Clinical PhD just combines them. So a great option to shave off years. That's the summary. So you just got the four plus two or the five plus one pathway, which does include an exam. Yeah, a lot we've talked through, a lot we got there through. Lot. There is a lot. Thank you for sharing that and providing that quick summary though. I think, I hope that will be helpful for people listening if they don't want to. I'm going to re-listen to this in two weeks just to <laughs> help me out when start figuring out what to apply for because so everyone knows applications will be opening very soon for honours and the grad dips. They typically open around the middle of October if memory serves me correct. So definitely have a thorough listen, do your own research and if you're at that stage where you're looking into that fourth year research, in the next month or so applications are definitely opening up so get ready for that. Thank you Amy for joining us today. It's been such a pleasure chatting to you. If people want to learn more about SNAPS, where can they find out? Oh, definitely follow us on Instagram, just Snaps Monash, or stalk us on Facebook or LinkedIn. Um, but you'll definitely be seeing more of us because we've definitely got some exciting collabs coming up with Moopa. So watch this space. But thank you so much for having me. I think it's so great to hear about the different options that different unis have because it does vary. And like we talked about at the very start, your uni kind of only talks about your uni's options. So I think thank you so much for having me on today. Yeah, so we can kind of collaborate and share like the different options between the unis because you don't, you don't have to commit to one. You don't have to be loyal to one for all six years. You can shake That's it up right. just depending on your needs and what you want to do. Absolutely, no, it's important. I hope that's the message that people are going to take away from this episode. There are options, do your research, find what's right for you and kind of trust your gut. Yeah, you, 100%. You're doing. 100%. There's options. There There's are. options. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for joining us again, Amy, and we'll see you next time for everything psychology related in our next Mupa episode of Psych Mike.